Welcome back to Equine in Theory, the podcast all about positive reinforcement pony things from your fellow amateur, Jill. Uh, we are back with episode number three. This podcast is rocking and rolling straight downhill because, boy, do I have some allergies. And uh, my nose is severely clogged, so I hope that you guys can tolerate some nast because I'm feeling it. I've been waiting all week to film this podcast. It's currently 9.45 Monday night, and, you know, I'm trying to stick to my schedule, post it on Tuesdays. And I've been waiting all week for this to go away, and it has not. So <laughs> we're going to do the best we can with what we got. So let's just jump into this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you catch that? For those of you who don't know what a clicker sounds like, that's what it sounds like. So when I first heard of clicker training, I thought it was absolutely asinine. I was like, why on earth are you carrying around this little box, you stupid people with your treat pouches, what is going on? And, uh, yep, I've been humbled. (laughs) Um, Those people that were doing it way back in the day knew a lot more than I did. And um, now my little arrogant self has taken a, a seat in the past, and uh, we are open-minded to new information now. So, in short, the point of the clicker is to simply enhance communication. We want to be as clear and concise to our horses as possible, and the clicker does that in two ways. It tells the horse exactly which behavior they've done correctly, and it tells them that food is coming. So this is super beneficial because if the horse knows that the only time he gets a treat reward during training is after he hears that click, the horse has absolutely no reason to be all over you or mugging you or trying to get treats all the time because he knows that the only time he gets them is when he hears that click. This also prevents the horse from like looking at you the whole time you're working and waiting on you to make a move into your treat pouch and give them a treat. So that would be in a scenario where you're not using a clicker. The horse is looking for a cue to tell them that they're about to get a treat. So the clicker bypasses all of that and it also provides accuracy. So if you're accurate with the clicker, um, it can really help enhance your training because you're communicating to the horse that what they've just done, that at the precise moment of the click is what is earning them a treat. So if you click too early or click too late, you may be blurring the lines a little bit, but don't worry. The training is very forgiving. As long as you work on your timing, you will have little to no problems. So um, with having uh, the clicker, when you're working on, say, a liberty circle, if the horse is out trotting around you pretty far away from you, you would like to be able to stay where you are And when the horse does something that you just love or that um, has exceeded the duration that you wanted, you click 
and then the horse can stop and you can fool around in your treat pouch and then go give them a treat. Whereas if you weren't using a clicker, you would just wait for them to do what you want and then you would try to intercept them, you know, have to go give them a treat at the moment that they've done something correctly. So the clicker buys you time and, um, I don't see why there's a problem with that. <laughs> I like to have time to mess around in the treat pouch and not be rushed. And I certainly don't want to be running after my horse in a liberty circle. <laughs> so beyond all of that, um, there are some principles that I would like to cover. But first, let's have a word from our sponsors. So first thing that we need to talk about is a primary reinforcer. So in short, a primary reinforcer is a biological need. It's not something that's learned or conditioned. It's like food, water, social interaction, that sort of thing. So those are things that the organism or horse knows he needs and he didn't have to be taught that. So food is primary, primarily reinforcing for the horse. So that's why we like to use treats in training. Um, relief from pressure or discomfort or pain is also um, a primary reinforcer. That's why negative reinforcement works. So that's a primary reinforcer. Secondary reinforcer is um, the next step up the ladder, so to speak. So the secondary reinforcer is something that has been so strongly paired with a primary reinforcer that it almost carries the same value as the primary reinforcer. So an example for humans would be money. So um, we get it really excited when we get a paycheck or um, some cash because it's been so closely tied to um, other reinforcers, like primary reinforcers, like food. Oh, yes, I just got cash. I can um, you know, go buy dinner today or go buy groceries you know, the piece of paper itself has no value to us. It's what it can do that does. And the same is, um, can be said for clickers and, and, uh, clicker training for horses. The clicker is a secondary reinforcer because it gets so closely tied to the primary reinforcer, which is the food that it becomes reinforcing itself. That's not to say that you shouldn't still follow it up with treats, but, um, it is still reinforcing. And the reason that I say that is because, um, you don't, or I wouldn't want my horse to be wondering whether or not the click is going to earn him a treat or not. That just creates some unnecessary uncertainty, in my opinion. I want my horse to trust that when I give him a click, he's going to get a treat and not um, just be like, okay, well, sometimes I get one, sometimes I don't. I want my clicker to be a very strong, um, strong form of communication, not... Um, potentially confusing. So that's why I always follow it up with a treat. Or, I mean, if your horse isn't necessarily a treat horse, um, you can use grain or alfalfa pellets or something that the horse likes. And um, if your horse is really, really into scratches, you can also um, clicker train with scratches. Um, Zoe doesn't particularly like them. And um, Mac is dealing with some ulcers, so his skin's a little sensitive. Um, so neither of them are scratch candidates at the moment. So yeah, I'm keeping it to food. It's not difficult for me to do and I don't have a problem with it. So that's what we're doing. Um, but the next thing that I would like to talk about is an event marker or bridge signal. So that's what the clicker is. It marks the event and it bridges from behavior to reinforcer. 
So again, buying time and connecting the behavior to the reinforcer without you having to rush over to the horse and give it immediately. Or, I mean, even if you're standing in their stall or outside their stall working in protected contact, anything like that, you still have to time it right if you're not using a clicker. And it's just much easier to have the clicker in your hand, the animal does the right behavior, click, and then you can reach in your pouch and give them a treat. I just find that way more clear and like, I don't, I don't know, just, it's like a better cycle than just like trying to rush around. Um, so, um, it is also really beneficial for, um, working on small movements. Like, um, if you're working with a horse that's kind of difficult to get to back up, you can, um, ask them to back. And if you see like their chest muscle twitch, cause they're bracing to back up, you can click for that. And, um, that's something that would be a little difficult to, um, give a treat for, um, cause you might miss the moment. Whereas with a clicker, you're like at the ready. So now that you understand what the point of the clicker is, now might be a good time to discuss how you even work the thing. So with a clicker, you want to do something called charging the clicker or installing the clicker, um, <laughs> as if the horse is a computer. But, um, what you want to do first, really the most important thing is to do some research and read some articles, read some books, watch some tutorials. And this will really, really help, um, both you and the horse be set up for success. Um, because just as easily, just as easily as you can slip into, um, creating problems with negative reinforcement, you can with positive reinforcement. They're both effective and safe forms of training, but you still need to have some level of education before you just go run and do it. Like most of us wouldn't just go grab a horse without any prior knowledge and try and work with it. You know, most of us have trainers or um, research it a little bit first. And the same applies to clicker training. So how you would go about charging the clicker would be to start with targeting. As I explained in my last episode, um, you know, you hold up the an object like a Gatorade bottle or whatever you can find, have the horse touch it. And when they touch it, you click and give them a treat. At first, they'll have no idea about the clicker. It's just an arbitrary sound to them at this point. It means nothing. And you could stand there and click it all day long and it would mean nothing to the horse unless you give it meaning. So make it a secondary reinforcer. So holding up an object and having them touch it, click treat, hold up an object, click treat you know, over time, they learn that the clicker is connected to not only the, um, the food coming, but also to the behavior that's earning the food. So what do you do if your horse is afraid of the clicker sound? Well, there are a few ways that you can go about it, but the easiest is just to use a different, um, a different marker signal. You can use a mouth noise or you could snap your fingers or you could have a flashlight and flash a light. Really anything can be a conditioned reinforcer or a secondary reinforcer to the horse. Um, you just have to make sure that it's not something that's gonna get confused with another signal. And typically, um, clicker trainers advise against using words as markers because we have so much inflection in our voice. Um, and especially when you get excited and your horse has done something brilliant, you're like, good boy. And you know, sometimes if it's not great, you'd be like, good, you know? So, I mean, that's a big difference in how you say it. And for an animal that doesn't really speak English, it can be confusing. So that's why we stick to like a noise that's consistent every time. And, um, you know, for cues, cues are a little bit different because you're not necessarily 
troubled with excitement and you can be more consistent with, um, you know, saying calm or head down or, um, target or touch. Like I'm pretty good about keeping mine consistent every time I give a cue, but, um, I don't know. I find that it's better to have a specific sound dedicated for your marker signal, be it a clicker or a mouth sound. Um, that just allows, allows for more clarity and the horse isn't like wondering, like, did she say good? Can I stop now? Like what's going on? I don't understand. (laughs) The last thing that I want to talk about is how the clicker is affected in the brain. And I'm going to be pulling some of my information from Reaching the Animal Mind by Karen Pryor. It's an amazing book. I highly recommend that everyone read it. And she is hilarious. And her book is just like, awesome to read. Like you're intrigued the whole time and it makes science interesting. (laughs) And, um, especially when you can apply it to horses the whole time you're reading it, I'm like, Oh, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. I found myself so many times reading this book being like, okay, now I have to go back and read the past four pages because I was thinking about what I'm going to be doing with my horse instead of reading. Um, (laughs) but anyway, one of the little excerpts that I want to read to you guys is, um, the click goes through the amygdala. That explains some of the attributes that make the marker-based training, shaping, and our learned system of positive cues so different from teaching via verbal instruction, luring, coercion, and punishment. So by using the clicker, it targets this part of our brain and or animal brain called the amygdala. It's this little center in your head that... um, is responsible for your seeking and avoidance system. So seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. And um, by using the clicker, it just sort of just, it's a conditioned reinforcer. So it goes straight to that part of your brain. And since it makes the animal anticipate pleasure instead of avoidance, um, they are like super happy to hear it. And when it hits that part of their brain, it can trigger dopamine and make them very excited and like feeling good and just happy to be a part of what you're doing. So I think that I've made a pretty clear case for why I switched to clicker training and why I think the clicker is so effective. It provides so much information to the animal and it also has this effect on their brain that's super positive and they just really enjoy the training. And, um, that's not to speak against any other training methods, but, um, I know that my horses really enjoy working and problem solving and figuring out what we're doing and how they can earn the treat. So yeah, in summary, the clicker is an enhancer of communication. It tells the horse that food is coming and what behavior they've done is the correct behavior and that's what's earning them the reward. So, um, it also buys the trainer time and you don't have to rush after the animal. It, um, releases dopamine in the brain. It's arbitrary. It's not going to get confused with other sounds. And, um, yeah, I think that that about covers it. Um, there is one thing that I would like to add lastly here, and that is before you rush out to go, you know, experiment with this and see what you think about it. Um, I highly recommend watching some tutorial videos or, um, reading some articles or some books and, um, just really making yourself aware of how this works, why this works and doing that will set you up for a much greater chance of success. There are so many people that I hear saying my horse doesn't like clicker training and he doesn't like positive reinforcement training. And if that's the case, then I'm inclined to say that it's operator error because, by definition, the animal has to like positive reinforcement. So, um, 
I really encourage anyone who's interested in trying this to just do a little research. And I know that sounds like so obnoxious, like why should I even have to? Um, but if you are interested, it really is worth it. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I sound like I'm selling it, but I just, I don't know. I really, I have had such success with this with Zoe and seeing a massive difference in her. And if you don't believe me, head over to my YouTube and watch my old videos and look at her body language because she was not happy. And um, yeah, so I have a very helpful page on my website or my entire website really should be helpful. Um, I have a glossary page, a resources page, a blog, and um, I have a blog post specifically talking about what the point of the clicker is. Um, that's much more concise than this. <laughs> and um, it's a pretty easy read. So um, I made that website because when I started clicker training, I had a really hard time finding useful information and um, in a way that made sense to me. There's so much out there and I just wanted to add to that and have a place that, where everything just was sort of there and made sense in an easy to follow way. Um, so I made it for an amateur clicker trainer or somebody who has never done it before and is just thinking about doing it. I tried to make the information as accessible as possible and I'm adding to it all the time. So be sure to check out my website and um, yeah, and I, um, you can also check me out on YouTube and Instagram. All of my handles are uh, Jet Equitheory. I also have a Facebook page where I regularly share like articles and stuff that I find interesting. And yeah, I think that that about concludes this podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed it and that it was informative. And now you have a better understanding of why clicker trainers train with a clicker and a stupid fanny pack or treat pouch or whatever you call. I was recently alerted that the word fanny in the UK is not uh, the same as it is in the US. So for anyone listening that is not from America, um, when I refer to a fanny pack, I'm referring to like a hip pack, like a waist pack. Um, not the derogatory term for lady body parts. <laughs> so, um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast and I hope that it was informative and I will see you guys next Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review for me and let me know what I can do better. Let me know what you guys are interested in. Shoot me an email at jedekwithuri at gmail.com and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. See you next time.